What? I was wondering why I had some. <laughs> so it's going to be, there's going to be 30 separate page, what? You need one too? You need, there's going to be 30 separate tests, or however many, there's like 28 people under 26. 26 separate tests. They're all going to be at random. Two different questions from this study guide. So you don't know what two you're going to get. But when that paper lands in front of you, you got two questions that you have to answer. <laughs> the reason I'm doing that is because it's way easier for me. I don't have to correct as much. Wait, so is it like write a paper on each question or something? It's an edit. Write a short essay on each of them. Oh. No. It's a comprehensive exam. What I used to do, you should be, you should be grateful, because I used to do it, and I would do it again, but I don't have enough time. There's a comprehensive oral exam, which is 10 minutes where you sit down with me, and I just grill you with questions and see if you can answer them. That's a heck of a, we, I mean, we can do that. If you really want to. They're actually quite enjoyable. Because they're fast, and when you're done, you know if you passed or not. Well, just because you fail the exam wouldn't mean you fail the class necessarily. I just want to bring this up. Maybe you guys have seen this. I just saw it this weekend. It's I thought it was very clever and very funny. Okay, Patrick, tell us a bit more about this atheism thing. Yeah, Patrick, tell us. Certainly, yes. Well, you see, in, in ancient times, people like you invented stories about various gods creating the earth and mankind because you lacked the scientific knowledge necessary to understand the origins of the universe. But in my day, thanks to scientific progress, we do understand these things, and so it's no longer necessary for us to fool ourselves into thinking that some silly god created us. But what about all that stuff that defies scientific explanation? Isn't that evidence of God's existence? Yeah, riddle us that, Patrick. Stuff like what? Well, how about the multitude of miracles in the Bible, chief among them the resurrection of our Lord Jesus? Oh, you sweet little simpletons, people don't rise from the dead. Except for that one time Jesus rose from the dead. Yeah, that was awesome. No, what I'm saying is that Jesus never rose from the dead. How do you know that, Patrick? Because it's not possible for people to rise from the dead. Yeah, we know. That's why it was sort of a big deal when Jesus rose from the dead. Look, I think you're far too uneducated to understand this, but if people could rise from the dead, then people would rise from the dead. If Jesus could rise from the dead, surely someone else would have risen from the dead as well. Other people have risen from the dead. Like who? Like all the people in the Bible who rose from the dead because Jesus rose them from the dead not long before he himself rose from the dead. Well, obviously you can't count those examples. Why not, Patrick? Because they come from the Bible, and the Bible is a ridiculous book full of silly stories that couldn't possibly happen, like... People rising from the dead? Exactly. Right. So according to you, the resurrection doesn't prove the existence of God because it never happened. And we know it never happened because we know that people can't rise from the dead. And we know that people can't rise from the dead because no one ever has risen from the dead if you don't count all the people who have risen from the dead. 
I think I'm onto your little trick here, Patrick. Yeah, you're a sneaky little secularist, Patrick. So your strategy for proving the non-existence of God is to systematically rule out every piece of evidence for the existence of God solely because that evidence could be used to prove the existence of God. What a perfectly reasonable use of the scientific method, Patrick. Yeah, we'd love to see you employ this strategy in the laboratory, Patrick. Hey, Connell, I just proved that there's no such thing as barium. And how'd you do that, Donald? By throwing out all the samples of barium. I'm surprised more defense attorneys don't attempt this in the courtroom. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I have conclusively proven to you that my client is innocent. As long as you ignore the murder weapon, his confession, and the 400 witnesses who saw him stab that guy in the face. Look, clearly you're not enlightened enough to understand I mean, really, Patrick. By your logic, the first president of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, could prove himself to be the best-looking man in the world. All he'd have to do is lock every other male on the planet in his dressing room right before the beauty pageant begins. Oh, no, even then I would still lose. So I may not be a scientist, Patrick. I may not possess your superior intellect and education. I may even be a superstitious Neanderthal who thinks that thunder is what happens when God yells at leprechauns. I think it's the result of a shockwave in the air due to the sudden thermal expansion of plasma in the lightning channel, but that's because I'm stupid. <laughs> Nonetheless, I still know a lame argument when I hear one. And when you accuse Christians of remaining in ignorance because they refuse to allow any evidence to challenge their theistic worldview, only to dismiss every eyewitness account of our Lord's resurrection solely because it challenges your atheistic worldview, well, that's not just lame. It's also a wee bit of the clover calling the grass green. That's an adorable Celtic twist on a classic idiom, Patrick. Don't be absurd. I treat the Bible exactly the way I treat everything else. I'm a man of reason and evidence and facts. I'm a man of science, a world-renowned evolutionary biologist. I defy you to give me one example of something that I believe in despite no scientist ever having seen it happen. Evolution. Dang it. <laughs> So are there any questions on the review? Y'all got the review? Pretty simple. I haven't decided if I'm actually going to do that, or I just give the two questions and you just get... I might actually just give you a whole exam. But either way, you got to know everything. Okay? The only thing on there that you might not have to know is the very last question. I don't know if we're going to get to Therese in the little way. Uh, unfortunately, class got canceled uh, due to a fire, a huge fire uh, last week. So. I don't know if we're going to get to it, unfortunately. Uh, hopefully we do. If we don't, one thing I'm not going to do is just give like a half hour to it. Because that's just an injustice and I'm just going to try to plow through something that you're not going to get. And so, we'll have to see how, what happens with the time. So, good. No questions? Concerns? Comments? And we shall proceed. So, I want to talk about women. And unfortunately, ladies, I wanted to have two. I wanted to have two classes for you on this, but it's just not going to work because <clears throat> we had a fire and we ran out of time, so we can't like make it up. And if I did want to make it up, I don't know if I have time to make it up. So we had to crunch it all into one class period, unfortunately. So I wanted to start with a joke. <clears throat> I heard this joke. I thought it was a really clever joke. Um, maybe you've heard it before. But so Adam, right? Adam and Eve. Adam's in the garden. And uh, he's, uh, you know, he's really enjoying the garden. He's got, you know, the cows and the zebras, and he's naming all these things, and he's tilling the garden, you know, with his little hole. He's going around, he's planting stuff, and he's really enjoying life. 
But then all of a sudden he starts to get lonely, right? We know the biblical story. <clears throat> so God comes to him and he's like, Adam, you're lonely. What's up? And he's like, well, I just, you know, he's like the cows and the zebras and all the animals are cool and the plants and the fish and the bugs and like, it's neat. And I like trying all the new foods, but I'm, I'm just kind of lonely. And God's like, well, I knew this was going to happen because I'm God. And uh, I had a surprise. And now I'm going to give it to you. And he's like, wow. He's like, what is it? He's like, I'm going to create. This is the pinnacle of my creation. It is going to be one of the sweetest, most beautiful, most lovely, most calm, most ingenious persons that you've ever met. She will do anything and everything you ask of her. She will always be listening to you, always be supportive of you, always help you. Always be obedient to you. And, and Adam's like, yeah, that's what I need. This is it. This is perfect. This is exactly what I was thinking about. And God says, well, as you know, Adam, everything that's good in this world costs sacrifice. You gotta sacrifice for good things. He's like, yeah, I understand that, God. And so he's like, well, what's it going to cost me to get this amazing person? And God says, well, it's going to cost you your right eye, your right ear, your right arm, and your right leg. And Adam's like, so if I give you all of that, you're going to give me this amazing person that's just loving and sweet and never nags and never just obedient and calm. And, and God's like, yeah, that's the deal. So Adam thinks about it a little bit and he's like, so what can I get for a rib? So <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we could have had <laughs> this beautiful thing, but because Adam didn't sacrifice, he just gave his rib, so we got you. Anyway, so I'll start with that. Got to break it down and then build you back up. I want to re read this quote uh, to you from Redemptoris Mater, which means Mother of the Redeemer. It's uh, a document put out by the church, uh, John Paul II. Just listen to this. It can thus be said that women, by looking to the Blessed Virgin Mary, find in her the secret of living their femininity with dignity and of achieving their own true advancement. In the light of Mary... The church sees the face of women, in the face of women, the reflection of a beauty which mirrors the loftiest sentiments of which the human heart is capable. I just want to read that again. This isn't, I'm not done with the quote, but just, ladies, just listen to this. What, this, is, this is a pope, okay? Remember, the, the, this is a church leader who's a man who's supposed to hate women and enslave them and destroy them. And make them obedient, subservient. This man is saying this. <clears throat> in the light of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the church sees in the face of women the reflection of a beauty which mirrors the loftiest sentiments of which the human heart is capable. The lady, somehow you evoke <clears throat> the, like the greatest feelings that the human heart is capable of. That's a hell of a compliment. And that's coming from the Catholic Church. Then he says, what this looks like is the self-offering totality of love, the strength that is capable of bearing the greatest sorrows, limitless fidelity, tireless devotion to work, the ability to combine penetrating intuition with words of support and encouragement. Like, if that isn't the most beautiful description of femininity, I don't know what is. And we're going to come back to that, but I want to start out with that. So the point being is that the church's view of woman 
is that she is the pinnacle of creation. She is the most beautiful thing God ever created. It's almost like God put all of his ingenuity, all of his innovation, all of his love and his, his, his emotion and everything into woman to be the final pinnacle of creation. But what has happened to woman is what I want to first start with. Because we have this thing that's called the feminine genius. Okay? This is what I want. We need to know the feminine genius. Is women have the capacity and the ability to love within themselves, to give, to sacrifice, to do all these things. But if it isn't properly guided, she will turn into a terrible, terrible woman. That's why the book of, uh, I think it's Ecclesiastes, Ben Sirach, he says, uh, there is, I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't have it down right. He said, there is nothing more dreadful than a woman's scorn. There is nothing more dreadful in the world than a woman's scorn. So like, a wicked woman. Okay? And if you look at the Bible, I challenge you to find in the Bible where there's kind of like mediocre women. They're either like really good or really terrible. Or they're really terrible and they become really good. There aren't, there, there are very few. I, I mean, I've been reading a lot of the Bible for a long time, and you just don't find mediocre women. You know, like Judith, you know, Judith chopped off a guy's head. I mean, she didn't chop off his head, she drove a tent peg right through his head. That's a hell of a woman. Right? And it was a good thing, by the way. That wasn't a bad thing. <clears throat> I mean, think of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Rahab. Rahab was the prostitute, right, that housed the Israelites. But then she has this conversion because she knows Israel is God's people. And so she does this heroic thing, sacrificing her whole life, her family's life, everywhere. Look at Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene was a prostitute. They said there was seven demons were cast out of her. That sounds like a pretty wicked woman. But then she turns into what? Like the greatest follower. Women have this ability inside of them to go so far. And, and I think it's just being like stifled and choked and smothered right now. I remember there's this place here I get to Rome. It's called the Holy Stairs. It's the uh, tradition holds it. They're, they're the stairs that Jesus went up uh, before his crucifixion. So they were in Pilate's palace, these marble stairs. And uh, they, they transported them from Jerusalem to Rome and housed them in this huge chapel. And then they have the marble steps underneath and they covered them with wood. Okay. And you go, the only way to go up these stairs is on your knees. And I'm like, man, I'm totally going to do this. And, 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 you know, you can go up on your knees, but using like your hands, you know. And, like, but I'm like, I'm not using my hands. Like I'm going straight on my knees. And there's like, I think it's 37 steps or something. And I'm going to say I'm going to say a rosary the whole way up. And I'm going to. I'm just going to take time on each of these, and I don't care how bad it hurts. I'm offering it for all my past sins, okay? <clears throat> so I get on to my first step, you know, and I just kind of second one. I'm like, bam, bam, like my knees. And, and this wood, if you ever get there, this wood is not flat. It's like, and it has knots in it, and it's, it's wickedly painful <laughs> on your knees, okay? And so I get up about halfway, and I'm sweating. I feel like my kneecaps are going to fall off. Like, I'm like shaking on each one, you know, like. Like, I'm in so much pain. I'm like, oh, Jesus, like, this is just for you. Like, I'm suffering. And all of a sudden, this woman passes me on her knees, no hands, a baby on each hip. <laughs> <laughs> boom, 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 boom. And I'm just like, 
holy crap! <laughs> like, they just have the ability to go so, like, everybody thinks men are so tough, but they're not. Women are so much tougher than men are. Look at the different levels of strength that they have to have emotionally, right? Most women are a mess emotionally. They have to, I mean, they're constantly dealing with their emotions. Because they go, they swing so far to the left, to the right. You got physically, I mean, frick, have a baby, fellas. I mean, I can't imagine the pain that that would cause. You ever heard, uh, I think it was Brian Regan. You ever heard of him? He's a comedian. He talks about, he's like the worst pain. So he had this like stomach virus or something. He felt like his insides were coming out of him. So he called the ambulance and, and then, or he drove himself to the hospital. And anyway, he gets there and they're like, what, on a scale of one to 10, how's your pain? And he's like, he's like, well, I didn't want to say 10 because I heard that a, a broken femur bone is the worst pain ever. And he's like, Man, I didn't want to say nine because I figure pregnant women and having a baby have, they have the monopoly on nine. <laughs> and he's like, you know what must be hell? is giving birth to a kid with a broken femur. <laughs> you know, so I mean, the, the idea of the, the, just the threshold of pain that women go through, it's amazing. Psychologically, right? Women, women struggle with a lot more with psychological issues than, women, than men do. So on, on, on a multitude of levels, women put up with, they're, they're so much stronger. I mean, physically, again, like this is when you say that they're stronger, or men are stronger than women, we're just talking about like, like muscle. That's it, right? Look what some women go through. Look at the pain they suffer at their abusive husbands. And they do it out of love for their kids. They endure it on behalf of the children. I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying that they have this threshold for pain that is just amazing. And so women have all these qualities that are just being stifled right now. Right? And we're going to get into the feminine genius and what it looks like. But before that, I want to, go, I want to talk just a bit about why I think it's being stifled. Because yeah, too often when we talk about faith and femininity, because the word we have to define is femininity. What does it mean to be feminine? <clears throat> if I asked you right now, like we're going to go into this, but what, what, what does it mean to be, to be feminine? I mean, this, this can be your own... Like, this can, this can be what the world says. This can be how you internalize it. I don't know. What does it mean to be feminine? Last class, I think the hotter you are, the more of a woman you are. The more noticed you are by men, the more of a woman you are. What else? Because I, I mean, I hope that's not where we stop. Being confident. <clears throat> confident. Okay. Virtuous. Virtue. I feel like being feminine is like gentle and kind to people. Gentle and kind. Okay, yeah, I like that. That's nice. <clears throat> what else? Caring. Caring. Compassionate. Compassionate. These are great. Encouraging. Encouraging. Selfless. Selfless. Those are excellent answers. So, so if that's how we define femininity, why are there so few women then? What I mean is, is why are there so few women that embody those characteristics? I think those 
mean by that? Um, like confidence, for example, you could either have false confidence or be overly confident and like use that confidence for the wrong reasons <clears throat> or wrong things. Okay. Um, encouraging, you could turn that into almost being pushy or I think you're both right. Right. <clears throat> I think when you talk about caring, compassionate, sensitive, selfless, uh, uh, encouraging, that just sounds like somebody who's a cheerleader. <laughs> they're, they're, they're like a source of encouragement, but, but they, don't, they don't really take any initiative. Right? They're, just, they're, they're fundamentally weak. Okay? So I, those, those are good. I think those are both good answers. But I think that I think that right now we overemphasize emotions over doctrine and self-fulfillment over transformation. That <clears throat> okay? might be good to write those down. We overemphasize emotion over doctrine and self-fulfillment over transformation in Christ. We overemphasize emotion over doctrine and self-fulfillment over transformation in Christ. <clears throat> and what I mean by that is, we talk about faith and femininity. <clears throat> so how does faith in impact femininity? It's what it is, is in, in the modern world, it's more about making a person feel good, making a woman feel good. The faith makes her feel good. Over, it actually influencing her entire life, right? And then the second part is, is self-fulfillment, that the faith actually kind of gives you more meaning and makes you feel good about yourself rather than transforming you into a saint. So my, that, that's my argument. That's what faith and, faith and femininity is to the modern world. But I want to say that faith influences femininity so much that it defines femininity. The Christian faith influences femininity so much that it actually defines femininity. It's not just kind of like a, a band-aid. To put it kind of crudely, I guess. But if you ever go to, I don't know if you go to like bookstores like Barnes & Noble, check out women's spirituality, you'll find you know, titles everything from Wicca to goddess worship, uh, to Christian diet manuals, right? Uh, and they're all kind of packaged in pink to make a girl feel like a girl and uh, that she's doing something feminine. But I think this is a, a pathetic understanding of who and what women are. The first thing we have to do, as I said, is define femininity and how it is distinct from masculinity. And down through the ages, men and women have struggled to define how women's feminine nature influences and cultivates her approach to God and to the world. I think we struggle way more with women than we do with men, right? Because men, I guess the overarching thing would just be this leadership sort of understanding. So they have to take the initiative, they have to lead. But women, like, are they just followers? Like, that doesn't, I mean, that sounds crass, right? I mean, that doesn't jive with the modern woman's mind. So I think the two greatest thinkers on this topic, and these are who we're going to discuss, are St. John Paul II, <clears throat> in his theology of the body, right? And... 
St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross, or Edith Stein. Edith Stein was an amazing woman. An amazing woman. But a genius, so, so to understand feminine genius, okay, what is a genius? If you had to define a genius, what would you say it is? Someone who thinks they know everything. <laughs> but I'm not talking like, like a sarcastic genius. I'm talking like, what do we define a real genius as? Wise. Very wise. Have a lot of experience with it. A lot of experience. I would put this, ex exceptional ability and originality. <clears throat> A genius is someone who has exceptional ability and originality. <clears throat> so when John Paul II uses this word feminine genius, he is saying that there is something exceptional about, about a woman. Her abilities are exceptional and they are very original. I think that, I, I remember there's a, there was a speaker that came when I was a chaplain at St. Mary's High School. Her name was Leah Darrow. She's a great, uh, great Catholic speaker, and she said, it used to be men and women were like this. And then when feminism came along, women went here and men went here. Which is the complete opposite of what you would think, right? When you think feminism and you think, you know, women's rights and suffrage and all that stuff, that women would actually go higher than men. But what happened is with feminism, they tried to make themselves equal to men, and in fact that dropped their, their, their characteristics, their, their, who they are. Because they're supposed to be original, distinct from men, not like men. And that really killed them. Feminism really killed them. But I think, as, as I said earlier, I think we tend to associate the word feminine with submissiveness, with weakness, uh, you know, princesses, damsels in distress, stupid stuff like that. And that narrow old-fashioned definition, which that's what modern women rebelled against. Okay. Probably is instead of finding the middle road, they swung way too far. <laughs> So I'm, what I'm saying is this submissiveness, this weakness, this like kind of walk all over woman, that ain't right. But the other one where she's in total control and does whatever she wants and just trying to be just like a man, and that's messed up too. To try to find the middle ground, St. Thomas Aquinas called the via media, right? The, the, the middle way is where virtue resides between two extremes, right? So for decades after... Uh, there were four decades after the sexual revolution, women enjoyed unprecedented educational, professional opportunities, but the understanding of femininity right now is more impoverished than it has ever been. Okay? So you would think after the sexual revolution, with all, with all the, the, the professional career opportunities, with all the, you know, get out into the world, be your own woman, do this, own, you know, girl power, all this crap, that... And so you're educated, you have the same rights, you have the same, like now you should be fulfilled. And again, like, I don't know how much you guys really are aware, especially the men, like about how much women struggle. It's important that you know this, right? And, and I think a lot of women, they look like they don't struggle because they always have to put on their best face. They have to look as pretty as they can. They can't show any negative emotion. They always have to be happy. They always have to be giddy. You know, bubbly, but internally, they're torn apart. They're ravaged. They're destroyed. 
right? And, and women struggle so much. And, you know, men do too, but I just don't, I don't think men understand how much women struggle. And the only reason I can say this is because I work with a lot, a lot. I have for eight years now. I've spanned that, uh, working with young women and learning what goes on in their hearts. And, like, I still don't quite understand, <laughs> quite understand a woman's heart. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a tricky thing. But it's a beautiful thing because it's a mystery, right? But I think that we, we need to understand that, that, that women are being attacked right now. And they're being told exactly who they should be, what they should do, all this stuff. And internally, they don't, they have, they, this is why like needy women are so prevalent in our modern day and age. Because <clears throat> they don't know who they are. They don't know what it means to be a woman. It's like I was saying earlier when we said we don't know what it means to be a man, okay? And this whole idea, right, this whole idea, because uh, 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 I'd say pop culture tends to heavily focus on a woman uh, as, as what she look, how she looks and what she wears. Those are two huge, huge things that would influence and probably, like, define femininity, okay? And it's done from a very, very, very early age. If you look, if you ever notice this, I, one of the biggest things that women tell me because I'm like, I harp on modesty. And they're like, Father, you should go shopping with me and see what our choices are. It's not always easy to choose modest clothes. Well, partially I think that's crap. <laughs> I do. I think it's possible. I think you might have to work a little bit at it. But at the same time, I think that if you get too focused on that, that if, you be, if your whole identity comes from what you look like, can, do, you, do you understand how that could never lead to happiness? I'm just going to do some, some simple logic. If, 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 you, if your identity comes from what people think of you and the way you look and, how you, and what you wear, do you realize that every day you have to please those same people to have your identity? And if they don't, if they're not pleased with you, it will ruin your day. Okay? It will be such a freaking roller coaster. It's it would be a nightmare. Yet many women try to live this way. As I said, it comes from very early. If you go and if you go and look at like little baby clothes, you know, for boys it's great. They have like a little blue shirt, a little blue onesie, you know, with a dog eating a bone, or like a John Deere tractor on. It says "Eat Dirt," you know. <clears throat> it's, a, it's very, you know, it's little boy stuff. But like the little girl stuff, they have like shopaholic, you know, and like <laughs> diva. You know, this poor baby doesn't even know who she is and she's already being labeled a narcissist, you know, like, it's terrible. And the, and, 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 and the stuff, like, I was at this, I couldn't believe it. And partially, a lot of this is parenting, okay? Because this stuff gets ingrained in a young woman's heart very early on. But like, the stuff that young girls wear is just amazing. And like, wanting to wear makeup at like five years old. Why? Because they're being told again and again and again that they have to be beautiful. And they, when they look at those who are telling they have to be beautiful, those are the ones that are dressed like hookers and are wearing tons of makeup and look perfect. And so they feel like they have to live up to that in order to be a woman. And it's killing us, right? And I think, you know, what's really killing us too is it, it's women. Women's clothing is not helping. Let's just put it that way. It's really not helping. Uh, and I want to go on a couple rants here because uh, it's important, I think. And most of the time when I rant on it, nobody listens anyway. But <clears throat> I think if I don't say it, I'm just going to, I have to say it. So 
Like, stuff, here, girls, I just want to tell you something. Like, <clears throat> what doesn't help men, okay? You, you need to help men because men are idiots already, right? And they want to be virtuous, but they're idiots. And a lot of them aren't as virtuous as they should be, and so they kind of slip into what we call concupiscence, right? Or the desire for sin. If a woman walks past, like, and, and again, this is a, a, just a few things, okay? Yoga pants, okay? I don't care how damn comfortable they are, you know? Like, what if a Speedo was really comfortable for me? <laughs> would, th would that be okay if I just wore that around campus? You know? Maybe I should have used a different example. <laughs> but, but the point is, is like, whenever I say, like, why are you wearing that? And they're like, it's comfortable. And I'm like, well, it, it, basically what it looks like is it's like another layer of skin. I mean, it, they're so tight. And you talk, I, one of the best things ever at, at St. Mary's High School, we had a young man, and he got so fed up with yoga pants. He was, he was trying to be a good man. I think it, he was trying to be a good man, but he was also kind of having some fun. So one day, he bought a pair of yoga pants, <coughs> and he wore them to school. Because all the girls were wearing yoga pants, and he's like, well, if they can wear them, why can't I wear them? You know, because you couldn't wear sweatpants, because that was like athletic gear. But you could wear yoga pants, I don't know why. <coughs> so he comes in, and it was, I mean, like when I saw him, I was just like, you know, you, you want to be like, what? But you're laughing, and you're like, that's freaking clever, you know? <laughs> and you just, I just was like, just go ahead. I'm not even going to mess with this. So he gets yelled at and like like put on the stand and like the whole faculty's going crazy about it. And he's just saying, he's like, all I'm saying is, why do they get to wear them and we can't? And and finally the whole thing turns out that they actually ended up banning yoga pants at the high school because of this whole thing. Well then I thought the girls were gonna kill this guy. The guys are gonna yeah, right, right. Thank you. Thank you. That's beautiful. No, I like the honesty, right? That, that, that in fact, that, that guys would like that to remain in the school, right? Why? Well, because it's like looking at a naked body damn near. Like, ladies, I, I, maybe they're comfortable. I don't know how they could be, right? I really don't, but maybe they are. But could you part with yoga pants? for the good of masculinity. Could you do that? Could you do that for the good of the world? I'm just, I'm just, like this is a sacrifice that I'm begging of you for the good of men. And if you can't, that means that you are choosing comfort over virtue. Okay, I have a question. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's gonna explode. Oh my god, I just love yokes. But um, so what's the difference between because girls' jeans they're tighter than men? Yeah, I'm with. I'm getting to that. So That's like, rant number two. To do? We can't sweatpants. like like are we supposed to wear maxi skirts? Like, no, like why can't you wear or like baggy sweatpants or something? Baggy sweatpants would be great. Just make sure you don't buy the ones that say hot on the ass. <laughs> because that doesn't help either. <clears throat> Look, I know it's hard, but here's the deal. We, you guys need, we need to start. Jesus said, you need to be as gentle as doves and as crafty as serpents. Like, we have to start thinking. And we are called, Christians are called to transform the culture. Not to be, not to be transformed by the culture, but to transform the culture. 
We gotta come up with an idea. We gotta come up with something. We need women to be designers that can design fashionable, classy, and good looking clothes that don't have to be skin tight. I mean, half the time, you know, you know, the one that really pisses me off, like, I cannot, like, and I, l listen, I don't want to sound like a, like a creep, but, like, it's hard to not notice this. Like, I'm in line at Target, and a, she, you know, a woman, she's got, like, this t-shirt that's barely covering up her waistline, these tight, tight jeans, and she drops something and bends over, and her thigh is sticking out, or her ass crack! Like, <laughs> you know, part of me just wants to be like, can you not feel that because when my ass is showing I can feel it I know my ass is showing when it's outside of my pants so a woman has to know that doesn't she does she somebody please yes. answer this yes. she does yes. she knows it yes. so she is just showing off her ass yes. unbelievable <laughs> it's unbelievable I mean this is where we're at I mean what does that do to a, to a young man's heart. You tell me, ladies. You tell me. Wearing your yokes, is that what you call it? <clears throat> what does it do to a young man's heart? Okay, but when you're know. walking in front of him on your way to class and your ass is shaking around in your yoga pants, what does it do to the young man's heart? Tell me. Well, they probably tell just me. want to touch it. Right! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for the good of mankind. But what if you look like. Like this, like not showered, baseball cap, but you kind of look like a boy, and you can't wear them. Like, <laughs> like you don't I, have to be like sexualizing them, but like I understand. You know I mean? But the problem is, is I'm just I'm arguing on behalf of all men because nobody's saying anything about this. That just by wearing them, in the culture that we live, in the rampant pornographic industry that is ravaging men's hearts. They are sexualized no matter what you're wearing with your hats and all this stuff. Because what it does is it accentuates a given part of the feminine body. And if guys, if you want a guy to look at your face, then make him look at your face. It's amazing. You want to have some fun? Go out, people watch. You know, now the sun's out and girls are taking all their clothes off. When you're walking to class, no, when you're walking to class, watch men. It'd even fun to, to put, you know, you and your friends space yourselves out and, sh you know, she'll be walking and you just are watching to see what guys do. It's incredible. And it's because, ladies, you are, you are begging them to look at certain parts of your bodies. And the genes are no better. Yeah. Okay. I have, like, an honest question. Mm -hmm. This isn't just to be sarcastic or anything. So, <clears throat> like, for me, I don't know, it's probably the same for, like, half the girls in this room. Like when I'm shopping for pants, I'm honestly not trying to find tight ones, but it's like impossible unless I buy them two sizes too big or two sizes too long. Like I can't buy them where they're not like somewhat tight fitting. So is it better to just wear like a modest maxi skirt and a dress every day and not wear pants? I don't know what a maxi skirt day? is. <laughs> a long skirt. Like down to You know what I mean? Like, like trying to be virtuous, but like can't find pants that fit in a modest way. I, I've heard a quote before that's like something like when buying clothes a woman should be conscious that like they're tight enough to know she's a woman but loose enough to know she's a lady. Yeah. That's and that's a good I mean they, you don't have to I mean even if they're moderately loose just moderately 
it would be a start. But I think that, like, you know, like, the, the Nazis burn books. I would like to burn every pair of yoga pants in the world right now and shut down every factory that exists. <clears throat> you know? I mean, it's just... we got to work on this stuff. Like, I, I... Yeah. I mean, another thing is, like, jean shorts. <laughs> what? I got nothing against jean shorts on a guy. <laughs> but if you would wear jean shorts that a lot of girls are wearing, I would have a problem with you. <laughs> They're terrible, and I don't know how on earth they can be comfortable. Here's one for you, like volleyball outfits. Why? Why does it have to be that way? Why? I remember we had, we had a young lady at our high school. She got up and she's like, the whole volley, we did a pep rally, you know, those are so stupid. But, and then we had, the volleyball team was there and she got up and she's like, you know, come to the volleyball game tonight. And, and like, cause we're gonna play really well. And even if we don't, at least we're in spandex. And I'm like, holy crap. Like you even know it, you know it. You know, so what do you do there? I don't know. Here's something, maybe if one of the ladies on the volleyball team said, hey, let's change it up. <laughs> what? <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, but let's, let, let's change it up. Let's try a different up. Let's be the ones that set a new standard. Let's be the ones that get out there and say, you know what? We're not going to wear that. And when we say, why did you change your outfits? Because it was objectifying women. Going back to Maddie's question, do you have an answer for that? <laughs> I, yeah, I liked what you said. Yeah, but I mean, that's, but that still doesn't, I guess, doesn't really answer the question, like, because like, because then you look sloppy if they're I like too actually, loose. and I actually do try, but it's hard, especially if you have a tiny waist, like a small Bigger waist, waist, and yeah, short legs. Maybe you just weren't made to wear jeans. <laughs> we can't wear jeans. We can't wear yoga pants. We can't wear both dresses because they're too short. I guess we're gonna have to go back to burlap sacks. I knew that was coming. I knew that was gonna come at some point. Some sarcastic remark. I just think it's I think it's the way you present yourself while you're wearing your clothes, though. Like I think it's not bad to wear, like if it's tight, yeah. But if you're not, like. <clears throat> act, like acting like you're showing it off or like because you can still wear shirts that are long enough that your entire butt isn't like sure. out there and like, Good. You can make, I'll, like I'll it's take all about that. how you act I think I will take any simple movement in the, in the direction of modesty I don't care what that looks like but anything anything yeah Curious on the volleyball thing. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was gonna come too. What would you like suggest? Because I feel like if you wear, because you can wear like baggier shorts, mm -hmm. but then you wear, end up wearing spandex under the shorts, and you dive, and your shorts come down, and you see the spandex anyways. So, I guess what else? I mean, again, I that's better than seeing spandex the whole damn game. I got from my high school volleyball coach is that spandex were a state regulation. 
for volleyball. Really? Yeah. I don't think so. There's two high schools that we played that played ba- that wore baby shorts. Yeah, my school wore baby shorts. Busted. Because he wouldn't let us wear anything but those bandanas. That would worry me. That would. That would worry. Yeah. This is great. We got a ton of conversations. This is like the first time ever. Yeah. change their regulations the thing is is like I, you know I, where does that start what does that look like I I don't know but all I know is that we're called to transform the culture you're not to be transformed by the culture and we need people to start stepping up and saying like this is not good for us we can do better than this we don't have to give in to these things anymore like if you want real feminism that would be real feminism. But instead, everybody's just like, what can I do? I just, yeah, whatever, I mean, <clears throat> people need to just change the way they look at me. I mean, we live in a fallen world, okay? So what do you suggest we do and tell them? Start working on it. Right, but like, Going back to my question, like, what do I do? Change your fashion. Start thinking up new ways. Like, why do you have to dress the way that everybody in, in, in Hollywood is dressing? Why do you have to wear those things? Why can't you, like, make up random outfits? I mean, no, I'm serious. You think that's funny? But listen, where is the fashion capital of the world? Paris. No. Milan, Italy. Milan, Italy is considered one the fashion capital, I'm sure Paris would be another one, but the fashion capital. If you've ever gone to Milan, there are very few people that dress alike. And some look like complete idiots. Because what are they trying to do? They're trying to create new fashions, create new trends. We can start here. You start doing it now. But you have to put yourself out there a little bit. And people might make fun of you, and they might not say that's cute. <laughs> so what do you suggest? Right now, I'm suggesting that you find what you can to wear that is decent, that some of your stuff, obviously, I mean, like, here's the other thing, too. How many outfits do you really need? <laughs> your face, you're like, <laughs> really? Yeah, like, I mean, it's way easier for guys, I will say that, right? But to find, like, I don't know, just start somewhere, anywhere, yeah. I remember I read an article and it was about this woman who said that she wasn't going to wear yoga pants or leggings um, because the way of objective women. But in the picture, in the article, she was wearing the same 
kind of ironic. But the way that she was wearing them was with a sweater and pearl necklace, and she was very classy, and it wasn't like they were super tidy. And so I think that it's more to understand that in order to have people believe you as a woman, yeah, it shouldn't be super tight because then you're just going to have different things and not think about you being a woman, or if they're too loose, they're not going to be necessarily as women here. So I think it's not saying you can't wear this, 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 or this, but it's in the way you present yourself. And to try to do it with some class, you know? Like, I like that, that you know, maybe put on some pearls or some you know, jewelry or whatever, but... I don't, I'm working. I'm, I'm working. Like I don't know how to dress like a woman. Okay, you're asking me for the wrong info. At this point, I can't answer your question. Okay. But but there are ways. There are ways. Yeah. discussion and like talk to us about what it does like the reason like they are comfortable even though they look like they shouldn't be but <laughs> I like hearing about what it does to the guy was what made me change my mind like it wasn't because like oh they're so cute but it was like because that's not fair to men like if I want them to be real men then we should maybe start being real women so that they don't have the issue exactly that, I would argue that as well. What does that look like again? Like that's where get together and start trying to work on some. Start a damn fashion line, right? FG, feminine genius, you know. <laughs> Put it like on the hip instead of on the ass, you know, like FG. What? I don't think those are a thing anymore. Not yet. What? Like the stuff on your butt. Well, they were. They, oh, they were. Yeah, well, I still see them. Unfortunately. Anyway, as I said, you know, I mean, skirts get cut lower and lower and lower. Just add a little freaking fabric. There. How about that? Add some fabric. I just answered your question. No, forget the jeans. Wear long shirts. So, I don't know what she said. That was nice. But for, for dresses, for skirts, my gosh! Just come down and give me a, give us another six inches. Six inches of fabric. I guess more what I was asking is like, like what I like what you said was helpful. I guess because I don't know. I feel like I feel like most or I shouldn't say most, but a lot of girls do try and do that. But it's like. At least here, I guess. I don't know. Anyways, if you're saying like that what's wrong with yoga pants is what they're exemplifying, then skinny jeans, like, there shouldn't be just this gray area. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm with you. So, so, so you then like... Do your best with the skinny matter. jeans, trying to get them a little bit more baggy. Maybe get like, I don't know. Don't buy the damn designer jeans. How about that? No, I mean, that's half the problem, right? Yeah. yeah, what about Levi's? Wranglers. How about I have only a pair of Levi's, and they still fit like that. All right. Just what are you going to ask? Nike shorts. Guys. What's inside of <laughs> <laughs> Right, Nike shorts. What do you think about like, the jeans that have all like, the blanks on the butt? Yeah. 
bad. Any, yeah, anything that is drawing a person's eyes to your ass is not good. I mean, it's just like it's like forced objectification. And here's the here's the problem that you some, these jeans they can't be that comfortable because girls are always like. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, they never look like they're, they're comfortable. And one of the things, I, and, and women, I think, are aware of this. And I wanted to, uh, uh, hold on here. Exactly. If you bend your iPhone because your pockets are too small, like, there's something wrong with you, okay? This is the one I wanted. So, you guys have probably seen this, but the first time I ever watched this, I laughed my head off. How do you start it? No country music was harmed in the making of this song. This is, this is only a test. This is a, these are two women that are trying to point out what's going on. And they're two boys and they look classy in the city. That's not there. <laughs> I don't think that's them. Well, I wish I had some shoes on my two bed. But look at that. Jeans, long shirt, high boots. From your collarbone, three fingers down, that's where your shirt should come. It was four. 
Let's say three. <laughs> Let's just up the ante a little bit. Okay, three or four, whatever. But the point is, it's like, so, we've got to do something. I'm begging you. And here's another thing, ladies. Can you please explain this to me? Do you know, you have to know, when you, like, bend down to pick something up, because you see this all the time at, with servers at restaurants, because they have to bring your food, you know, and they're like, they're like, here you go. And they have to be doing that on purpose, right? Showing their boobs. They have to be. But do they not have that much awareness that when I bend over to hand somebody a plate, that my boobs are showing. They know. Oh, they know. Thank you. Tips. Okay. I just, I just want, just want to be honest tonight. That's all. I want. I want some clarity on some stuff. Okay. So I'm just, I'm begging you, begging you, ladies, for the good of men and masculinity, and for the good of your own femininity, so that you are more of a woman. I'm begging. Did you have a question? Yeah, because I don't know that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it was just throw it away. Okay, you can class it. It's pretty harsh, and a lot of girls are like, no, I can't do that. Okay, do what she said. Do what she said. Somebody else? Have? Yeah, what about like when they're swimming? Like, do you want them to be like baby clothes, like waiting in the water? For what? They're swimming. <laughs> Like in the ocean, you're talking? Like in the water. Like bikinis. Yeah, bikinis are terrible. So what do you think? They're terrible. I, I think, here's, 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 you know, you guys know that the first bikini model was a prostitute, right? Nope, now I do. They could not, they could not find a woman because it was so skimpy. And this is like, I don't even remember what, this is when they weren't that skimpy. Like now. <laughs> now they're skimpy. They couldn't find a woman to wear that because it was so immodest and so improper that no woman would wear it. They had to hire a prostitute to model the first bikini. Why did anybody buy it? Huh? How did it, who bought it? Who bought them? <laughs> no, because you don't know when that, when that lady's modeling, you don't know she's a prostitute. You're like, she's a beautiful woman, she looks good, and the media's telling me this is the new trend, so I gotta get on board. And men are like, you look so good in that new swimming suit. I just, I, I, I think it's great. It's so much better than the, that stuff you were wearing before. Now again, I'm not saying you have to like, <clears throat> cover yourself up. My, my buddy up in Minot, we go, I go up to their lake cabin all the time. And he's got, he's got a couple little girls and you know, so, but he's, he's helping to teach them. And so like when they go, you know, they'll wear like a bikini top, which isn't the best, but they, but they wear like board shorts. So that's what I'm that's a start. That's a start. You know, and like whenever they're out and they're just on, on the boat, they wear like these, they're, they're very classy, very feminine, these like, I don't know what they are. They're skirts, whatever they're called. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like a surround. Yeah, whatever. They're like these, they're, they're beautiful. And, and, and they're, they're summery and they're, they flow in the wind and it's classy. <laughs> 
But like, if I was a dad, like if I had daughters, I don't know how, I, how could you let your daughters be in bikinis, sunbathing on your boat, while you're driving around and all the guys are like looking at her. I couldn't do that. And any dad that allows that, I mean, there's just, there's something that's not quite right. Yeah. I was gonna say that there's, I was reading somewhere, or I don't know where I read it, but um, that they've done studies that show that the part of the brain that lights up when a guy sees a girl in a bikini is the same part of the brain that's associated with tools and use. Mm -hmm. So like they're not even viewing you as a woman when they see you like that. They're viewing you as an object to use. Right. Like they would view a hammer or a screwdriver. <coughs> But I mean, should that really surprise us when we hear that? I don't think it should. But yet, everybody's just kind of jumping on the bandwagon. What can we do? What could we possibly do? Just start somewhere. Like the board short thing. Sure, are they tight? Yeah. Do they still accentuate? Yes, they do. But at least they're covering up a bit more. So that's a good start. And maybe if that can become a trend, then maybe a bit more until you get just class around the whole thing. But if you just say, ah, the hell with it, I can't do anything about it, I'm just gonna give in to it, the problem just gets worse. <clears throat> and all it does, I, got, I gotta think this, I don't know this, but I gotta think this, that a lot of women have to be a bit self-conscious when they're wearing those. Do I look hot enough? Am I cute enough? Are enough guys looking at me? <clears throat> Am I attractive? Do I, maybe this one makes me look a little too fat. Am I fat? I want to be beautiful. Can I be beautiful? I sure don't look like the Sports Illustrated models. They look like they're untouchable. <clears throat> By the way, I got a quick video for you. <laughs> I'll be having fun with this. Okay. <clears throat> The next revolution in beauty. Get ready to experience a whole new you. It's you, perfected. Say goodbye to fine lines and wrinkles and hello to full lips, sparkling eyes, and lashes that never end. And that's just the beginning. Transform your look the way celebrities do with this beauty industry secret that's now available for the first time ever. Introducing Photoshop by Adobe. Finally look the way you've always dreamed. The difference is clear. Just one application of Photoshop can give you results so dramatic they're almost unreal. <laughs> Use Healing Brush to target blemishes at their source by simply erasing them. ProPixel Intensifying Botanical Hydrodragon Microbead Extract infused with nutrient volumizing technology will leave your face virtually unrecognizable. My skin feels like plastic! Take control of your color with hue saturation. Use this breakthrough formula to change hair or skin color, brighten eyes, whiten teeth, even adjust your race. Tired of fighting with your shape? Wish it could be a total knockout? Dial in the perfect you with Liquify. Reshape your body without the expense and mess of surgery. Why eat healthy and exercise when you can just look like you do? And the best part is, it won't rub off. The results don't lie. Pictures like this are all Photoshop. The celebrity beauty secret used in virtually every major magazine is now available to you. You don't have to rely on a healthy body image or self-respect anymore. Now that's the power of Photoshop.
There's only one way to look like a real cover girl. Photoshop by Adobe. Maybe she's born with it. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure it's Photoshop. <laughs> Is amazing. <clears throat> okay? This is just a quick little. <clears throat> just watch this. <clears throat> You're a slice of pizza, right? Should we put a warning or should we put notification under a photo that this has been retouched? Definitely. Time out. We asked if retouching should be banned. We don't think it's realistic to ban the editing of photographs, but what is a more reasonable approach to warn people about the excessive use of Photoshop in the media? The effects of Photoshopping images varies across age and gender. While it may lower the self-esteem of young girls, it can also raise the expectations of men. Now with so many unhealthy messages going around, why hasn't anyone done anything to combat the effects? What are we really talking about? We're talking about making money. The client pays you to do your thing. And if that's, if that's what they're paying you to do, then give them what they want. According to The Body Project, the ability of girls to distinguish an airbrushed image diminished her likelihood to develop a disordered perception of perfection, and as a result also lowered her odds of developing an eating disorder. I think that all the advertisement that we see every single day, everywhere we go, has a direct, a direct impact like a time bomb. You might think that uh, looking at people who are, are maybe a little too close to perfect uh, would be a disconnect. But I think that uh, quite often it's not a disconnect because people are willing to suspend belief and they're willing to sort of widen their view of, of what kind of people are like them. I've heard arguments, I've had students say to me, you know, I've heard, been, I've been to demonstrations uh, and people have stood up and said, that's wrong, that's inappropriate. And the person on the panel said, if you don't believe in this, then don't do it. After Tim was finished retouching my photo, I really liked the way that the final picture looked. Now, the real question is, if I were to go and put it up on one of my social profiles, do people actually perceive the image as that's what I actually look like in person? Because it's not real, it's not really me. Now, do people look at the images in the magazines and try to achieve the bodies that they see? Or is the retouching of photos causing disordered eating among our society? I have never seen more dramatically sick girls. When I say sick, 
between their ears, more than below their neck. Once upon a time, eating disorders were more physical than psychological in terms of the absolute danger. Now, yes, eventually we're gonna deal with somebody who's 80 or 90 pounds, you do see that. But what is going on between a girl's ears now, or a woman's ears, to the point where they believe the whole idea of each day is don't eat, to exercise as much as possible, and to make sure that you're a size zero. That's how we start the day. I personally don't believe that Photoshop should be banned. I don't think it's realistic, and it's definitely not gonna happen. What we can do that I think is realistic and will help combat some of the unhealthy images is to add a disclaimer to the images that have been retouched in magazines such as Glamour so that people do know that they have been retouched. If we can make it much more obvious to all of us that these photos have been retouched, you know, I think there's some possibility of improvement, but just as on cigarette packages, what does, what's the warning say, according to the Surgeon General? Does that stop someone who's intent on smoking? I don't know, but it is some awareness. If you look at uh, products that are designed to make us look and feel better, uh, what, they're not really selling a product. You're not really selling uh, a shirt. You're not really selling uh, cosmetics. You're selling hope. Selling hope. You're selling a freaking lie. So, <clears throat> what do you guys? I, do you know this about Photoshop? I mean, like, Abbott, they, they have a. They did a. Uh, they had one guy on. Oops, they had one guy on here that he was. He was talking about Photoshop, <clears throat> and he said, 100% of images that you see of, of women are doctored. 100%. So is it giving us a false concept of what a woman should be? It's unattainable, right? You understand that? These images, like, look, like Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue, right? Those are unattainable. Those women don't exist. That's very important because for a woman, it puts a burden on them to be somebody that they can't be, and it screws up men because it forces men to think that women are more than they can be. And so both of their expectations are way too high. And it's caused by this digital enhancement. And it's weighing much more heavily on women, I think, than it is on men. But what it's doing to men is it's causing men to get addicted to a false, a false image of what woman is. And not only that, but it also teaches men, this is why I'm going over this whole thing, it teaches women and men that femininity is totally about how you look. That's everything. <clears throat> if people are looking at you, you must be a woman. Okay? We'll take a five minute break. We'll come back at 8.05. <clears throat>